Hey everyone, welcome back to The Found Generation, a self-improvement podcast where every Monday we try to answer this most important question. How do we extract the most from our lives? Now on today's episode, I'm going to get into the subject of burnout, something that we all experience from time to time. And I'm going to tell you three ways, not how to avoid it, but how to overcome it. Let's get into it. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Found Generation Podcast, Season 4, Episode 4. Thank you for joining me. Quick reminder that we are doing 10 of these solo Monday episodes, different topic each week in this Season 4. And then I'm also going to do five guest episodes as well, dropping on Thursdays, the first of which comes on this Thursday. It will be from a conversation that I had at my book signing at Mocha Lisa on August 25th, which some of you came out to, which I am so grateful for. So that will be the first guest episode, and then we'll have another the following Thursday and following Thursday and so on. So that's what to expect on the podcast in the coming weeks. What to expect on the show today is the subject of burnout and three ways to overcome it, to get through it once you're experiencing it. First of all, of course, what is burnout? I think for the ambitious among us, it is something that all of us have felt. Burnout is a feeling like you're just running up the same mountain every day. You're kind of losing your love and your passion for the thing you're doing because you're just doing so much of it. You're just getting so many reps, so many reps. You feel overburdened. You feel stress. You feel like you are are um, crumbling under the weight of expectations of yourself, expectations from others, and you feel like you're never going to get out of it. And then it usually leads to the asking of all these sorts of existential questions. I think we've all been there. Am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing something else? Should I have listened to my instinct a couple years ago that said I should have done this thing? Maybe the people in my life who told me that I shouldn't be doing this thing, well, maybe they're right. Maybe they feel vindicated and maybe I should go do that thing. And then we've all been there when we frantically run to our friends, our partners, our parents and said, I think I need to quit. I think I need to get out of this business. And then they start sounding the alarm bells and they think that uh, things are in a much worse place than they actually are. So we've all been there. And so the question on today's show is, okay, how do we overcome that once we feel that? Because I think if you are an ambitious person, if you have a lot of drive, if you have a lot of internal motivation, if you want to be the best at whatever it is you're doing, whatever industry you are in, you're probably going to feel burnout at some point. You're going to push yourself too far because you have such high expectations of yourself. You have such big goals, such big dreams, numbers you're trying to hit, things you're trying to achieve. Uh, accomplishments that you want to add to the resume and trophies to the trophy case. We've all been there. So once you feel that, how do you overcome it? And how do you push past it to ultimately remind yourself of why you are doing the thing you're doing, why you're in the business that you're doing? So here's three ways. Let's get into it. Number one, take breaks. No shit, Troy. Of course, take breaks. That's the way to... Uh, overcome feeling of burnout. 
Okay, but let's let's dive into it. Okay. I'm talking about two kinds of breaks you can take. Let's focus on the little mini breaks because the second way is long breaks, vacations. And let's be honest, we can't always take vacations, whether our job doesn't give us the amount of vacation time that we would like, or maybe we're just so knee deep into a project at that moment that we just really can't afford to take the vacation time. You got to find the pockets through your day where you can just get away. And I'm talking for little pockets of time. I'm talking 20 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 30 minutes there. On your lunch break, take the break. Don't take your lunch up to your desk and work there. Shut off completely for just those 30 minutes. You would be surprised how refreshed you can come back from that. And I know when so many of us work from home, it's really hard to do that. It's really hard to just shut off in that way, especially when you are just literally surrounded by your work at all times. A personal staple of my day is taking a walk. One of my favorite authors, Ryan Holiday, The Daily Stoic, uh, Discipline is Destiny is his most recent book, Obstacles Away. I'm sure if you're in the self-improvement space, you know all about these things. And one of the things that he says all of the time is... I'm not going to say that a walk will solve all of your problems, but it certainly helps a lot. Um, There's many problems that can be solved by just going for a walk, by just clearing your head out, getting outside, connecting with nature, hearing a chirping bird, smelling some flowers. If it's nighttime, looking up at the sky and the stars and just realizing how small you are, feeling the rays of the sun on your face, seeing children outside, uh, playing joyfully, dogs, maybe you pet a dog. Those kinds of things always take me out of my own head and bring me back and remind me, okay, this thing isn't, this thing I'm freaking out about, this thing I'm worrying about, it isn't so bad. I'm making way too much of this chill. We don't need to, we don't need to stress ourselves out so much. So that's why I really like going for a walk and just stepping away entirely from the work. Just last night, I was editing a podcast, and I was feeling so burned out by the process. Now with podcasts, I need to get them out as soon as possible. That's the expectation of everyone around me. But there is a time where getting it out as soon as possible is actually detrimental to the final product of the podcast. So I edited the show, but then there's a whole bunch of back-end stuff in between the editing and the publication of the episode that you have to do. And I didn't feel after the editing process that I was in a good mental space to do that back end work to maximize the listeners of the show. So I just stepped away. I went outside for uh, a 30 minute walk so that I could come back with fresh eyes and fresh perspective so that yes, the show would come out 30 minutes later, but it would ultimately get more listens because my back end metadata work would be better rather than had I just trudged on, drudged through the drudgery and pushed through it. Um, So that's why I really think going for a walk, taking a short break, going for your lunch, having, having a phone call with a friend for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, that's another thing I like to do on a walk is have a phone call with some someone uh, about things completely unrelated. So short breaks, take those whenever you can. Okay. The long break. This is your weekend getaways, your vacations, your one week, your your 10-day getaways. Listen, listen to me loud and clear, okay? If you don't 
use all of the vacation days allotted to you, you are stupid. It's foolish. Stop trying to prove a, prove a point. We have this, this idea that we're going to get penalized if we take vacation, that we're going to be looked down upon, that we're going to be accused of not working hard enough, that people are going to um, you know, dock us points when it comes to the next round of promotions or the next big project or next big responsibility. Listen, if you're working for those kinds of people, if that's their expectations of you, get out of that business. You don't want to work for someone who doesn't respect the legal requirements of your job. If you don't use every vacation day, every sick day allotted to you, that's a, you're just hurting yourself. You are just hurting yourself. You're going to burn out. So use your vacation days. If you have mental health days, use them. Use every single one. Life is short, okay? Work is not everything. You can make a lot of memories. You can live a lot of life by taking those vacation days. Use them. Number two, develop and lean into some hobbies of yours. When I worked at ESPN, here's a Troy story for you. The first year really sucked. Um, I've talked about this on, on my podcast before and in the book, in the introduction of the book. The work was meaningless. The hours were long. I was off Mondays and Tuesdays, working nights, overnights, weekends, holidays. All of my friends were still in college. And while I was at ESPN and had a really cool job to everyone else outside, on the inside, I was crumbling and... I was overworked. I was working so much because I was so young and hungry and trying to make an impression. And there was really no possibility to have a, a real life, a, a good social life or a good dating life when I was working the kind of schedule I was. And even my friends at ESPN, we never had the same schedule. We never had the same time off. So it was really hard to have a social life. So I just really committed in that period of my life to just going all in on my career balls to the wall. I was on ESPN's campus all of the time. I was picking up extra side gigs there that were not a part of my job, that I was just trying to rack up as much experience, talk to as many people as possible, pick up as much extra learning opportunities I could, go to meetings, be a fly on the wall in some high-level conversations. I tried anything and everything to try to better my career and better myself. When you're doing so much of that, I was so tired. I was so burnt out. There were so many days where I was at the office where I just wasn't feeling it. I certainly wasn't feeling passionate about the work. And so I knew then that I needed to do something else in my life that wasn't work. And it was for the first time then that I had to ask myself, what are my hobbies? <laughs> what do I like to do? I liked working out. It's always, exercise has always been a major component of my life. But what else? There has to be more to me than just exercise and my career. So then I asked myself, okay, well, what do I like to do? I wrote down a list of things that I might like to do. And I came to, okay, I love writing. I love reading. I 
am starting to get into this coffee thing. I like the vibes of coffee shops. Not that I've ever really been to one, but I like the vibe. Craft beer is something I'm kind of starting to get into. And I just caught the travel bug because not too long before I started my job at ESPN, I had studied abroad and been to Europe for the first time ever. So all of these things, I kind of meshed together to form my hobbies outside of work. And that became, well, I just love going to other towns in Connecticut where I lived at the time and exploring new towns, walking up and down the streets, getting a lot of exercise in, going to coffee shops, going to breweries, sitting at those places, reading my books, writing in my notes, writing blog posts, and then also just talking to people, getting to know people, asking questions. I kind of meshed all of my favorite things into one. So when you feel burnout, when you feel like just so overwhelmed, you need to find the thing outside of work that forces you to get out of that mode and switch into another mode that really causes you to focus squarely upon that thing and not think about work at all. For example, um, you know, in my world that I work in combat sports, if you're training boxing, if you're training jujitsu, you absolutely have to be locked in on the task at hand, because if you don't, you're going to get punched in the face. You're going to get a broken arm. You're going to get submitted. Someone's going to make you scream like a little girl. You can't think about anything else. So I would challenge you find something else that gets you into that, that deep mode of focus, whether that's painting, whether that's playing the piano, whether that is singing, which is something I like to do, whether that's going for a run, which you can get that runner's high, whatever it is, find it, own it, do it over and over again, and lean into it when you feel yourself getting too overworked at your job. Number three, talk to someone. I know that sounds very simple, but have you ever heard this quote before? We suffer more in imagination than in reality. That is one of my favorite quotes. I think about it all the time, and I am certainly guilty of it. Um, we think it's a lot worse than it actually is. We create these stories and these narratives in our minds that are actually not true. We blow them out of proportion. And when it comes to work, we think that our bosses are looking over our shoulder all the time. Whether you work in the office, you think that they are monitoring you every second of the day, that they're constantly around the corner to see what it is you're up to. If you work from home, they think that, you know, you think that they're monitoring you on Slack. Is your little Slack bubble, is it green, meaning you're, you're active and at your computer? Sometimes, you know, companies these days that I've seen stories and read articles about, oh, they're tracking the number of keystrokes per hour to show how, uh, you know, to find out how active you are and whether you're at your computer. Again, same thing. Those cases are very few and far between. In reality, no one cares about you as much as you think. I said that on episode one of the season. It bears repeating. No one is checking up on you all the time. Everyone is so wrapped up in their own stuff, their own worries, their own fears, their own securities, their own personal lives that they don't care about yours, okay? And we put so much pressure on ourselves, right? I know I certainly do it. For example, um, you know, yesterday, like with, with a podcast, I thought that 
my, my hosts were just waiting by their phones to know when the episode that I was working on was uploaded to Spotify. And I was freaking out about that. I was driving myself crazy because like I had a, another thing that I had, had to go do and I was delaying the process. And I thought that like, they were just waiting for me, that they were judging me, that they think I'm losing a step, that they think I'm not as fast at putting out episodes as, as I used to. When in reality, they're worrying about their own stuff. Okay, so I say all this because people are actually more receptive to burnout than you think. Burnout, admitting to it, surrendering to it, is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Being able to recognize when you've taken on too much, when you're doing too much, when you're moving too frantically, and saying that out loud to someone, well, that's just one of the strongest things that you can do, one of the bravest things that you can do, admitting that you need help, that you can't do it all by yourself, that maybe you can't do as much as you thought, as much as you signed up for. Well, there is great strength in that. We've all been there with burnout. Your bosses have been there. The people that you work under have been there. So approach them. Email, text, say, hey, can we talk for five minutes? Uh, I just want to tell you something and be sure to phrase it like with every, and everything is fine. Okay, I'm not dying. I did that recently, just a couple months ago. I had taken on too much. I had just been working on, on too many things at one time, and I was serving too many people. And so I called one of those people and said, I've just taken on too much. And by the way, before this call, I was terrified. I thought, oh my God, this person's going to think I'm weak, that I can't handle this. They're, maybe they're going to go find someone else. They're going to replace me. Am I going to lose a job here? Am I going to lose my livelihood and my finances here? So I was freaking out about those things going into the call. But then I placed the call. I outline how I'm feeling overworked and I need to take a step back for the moment or need to find someone else to do this thing for the time being. And the person on the other end of the line was totally receptive to it, admitted that they too had felt burnout before, knew exactly what I was experiencing. And they thanked me for speaking up about it. Don't suffer in silence, people. That doesn't help anything. When you are feeling burnout, tell the people that you're working for that you're going through that. You cannot serve from an empty vessel. If your gas tank is running on E, well, then the car is just not going to run. So employ these three steps that I just outlined so that ultimately you can sustain what you do. If this is what you want to do for the rest of your life or for a very long period of time, so that you can sustain what you want to do for a long period of time. Because ultimately, if you don't, if you're always running on E, if you're constantly jumping from thing to thing, if you're never taking breaks, both short and long, if you're never checking in with yourself, well, you're just not going to have a very good life. And that should be your biggest fear of all. Okay, now it is time for our little Q&A segment. Thank you to everyone who has submitted questions to me via Instagram. You can find me at Troy underscore Farkas. If you have any question, comment, concern, you need advice, a tip, whatever, that is where you submit that. This week's question comes from Alex. This is a long one, so bear with me. Alex says, I just got your book and I'm excited about it. 
Thank you, Alex. I am 23 years old, and I graduated last year with a communications and public relations degree. I don't exactly know where I'm going with my career. I've been working for a newswire as a media relations specialist for a year, and I'm good at it, but it is not my passion. He continues, it's been a weird year. I haven't seen my best friends at all. I work remotely, so I'm alone most of the time. I work out a lot, but I don't do much else. I'm hoping that in addition to receiving some career advice, I hope to get some good tips on generally how to operate in your 20s. Well, thank you, Alex. Hopefully, my book can answer um, a lot of your concerns or or alleviate some of the concerns, rather. Um, I will tell you this. Let's break this down. There's a couple of things going on here. Um, Let's talk about passion. This is something that is very cliche and gets thrown around a lot, especially in college, just out of college, those first few years like you find yourself in, Alex. Follow your passion. Find your passion and cultivate it. That's what everyone says. Do you know what the word passion means? Let's, let me tell you what passion actually is. The root word of passion is passio. It is a Latin word. Passio means suffering. So when we talk about finding your passion, what we are really talking about is well, what are you willing to suffer for? What is that thing that you want to spend a lot of time doing? Working consumes most of your waking hours, the vast majority of them. What is the thing that you would be willing to do in less than ideal conditions? What is the thing that if you were not given the ability to do it, if it were taken away from you, would you not feel like yourself? Would you not be whole anymore? That is what your passion is. I know that this thing I'm doing right now is my passion. Writing is my passion because I know when I'm not doing these things, I don't feel like me. I don't feel well enough. MMA podcasting, while I love it, it is not my passion. I'm aware of that. I've managed to separate job from meaning. Looking at it as a job is more so, well, what is fun for you, what pays the bills, what makes you feel generally good on a day-to-day basis. Are there little frustrations? Of course. But by and large, I love my job, but it's not my passion. And that is totally fine. I actually think for me, you know, it's different for everyone. I think for me, that's the best way to be is to have a job that you really like, that's fun for you, that pays the bills, that makes you feel important and valued and working with good people, but not have it be your everything and having it create a space for you to actually do the thing that you're passionate about. Now, if you can do the thing that you're passionate about for your career, that's amazing. I'm not going to tell you that that's a bad move at all. There's many people I know who do that, and that's totally fine. But if you want to find your passion, and it's not this thing you're doing right now, ask yourself, what is the thing that you would wake up to do at 3 a.m.? What is the thing you would stay up until 1 a.m. to do? What is the thing that you would do on a holiday if you had to? What is the thing that you would sacrifice quality time with your boyfriend, girlfriend, mom, dad, friend from college? That is what you need to ask yourself when it comes to finding your passion. So that is the first part of that that I wanted to talk about. I haven't seen my best friends in a year. Alex, 
that's bad. Why haven't you seen them in a year? Is it they live on the other side of the country? Is it you just can't align your schedules? Is it you're too busy? Whatever the answer to that question is, it's BS, okay? If no one's going to make the effort for you, which is very possible, listen, I know people say they're busy. People throw out all sorts of reasons. They're in relationships. They've got a dog, whatever. I'm busy is a terrible excuse. It's not an excuse that you should accept. What I do when I've got that response from people is, okay, well, I'm I'm coming. I will make all of the effort. I will hop on the plane. I will take the train. I will take the bus. I will take off of work. I will make this as easy as possible on you so you don't have to go out of your way. Sometimes, Alex, you just need to take matters into your own hands. You need to create the opportunities. You need to see your best friends. They are what get you through so much. You need to have that connection. If you're already working home alone, you need that connection. You need to do whatever. You need to go out of your way to do it. And if you have to be the one to make the sacrifices, well, I'm telling you, it's, it's better than the opposite. And then just generally how to operate in your 20s. I mean, there's so many things I can talk about here. Like I addressed on the podcast earlier, find your hobbies. Ask yourself, what are you into? Where can you meet people, like-minded people that you want to be around? Is it at the bar? Is it at the coffee shop? Is it in an intramural rec league, sports league? You like working out. Okay, well, can you do social fitness? Can you do a running club? Can you do like uh, a CrossFit, an Orange Theory, a nine rounds type deal? I, I went there. I really like that. Can you pick up boxing, jujitsu, like whatever? There's so many, there's so many, you know, like a biking club. There's so many different types of group fitness settings that are awesome. And then after the workout, they go grab a beer, they go for a walk, like they go to the beach, whatever. There's all sorts of built in community-like things into that type of stuff. So I would challenge you, if exercise is something that you really love, there are so many ways to do that socially, um, intramurals as well. I don't know what your dating life is like, whether you're single or not, but dating apps, love them or hate them, they definitely suck sometimes, but they also can lead lead you to meet some pretty interesting people. I've certainly had my fair share of that in the last couple of years. Dating's fun. You're 23, get to know people, get out there. And even if something doesn't become something, you can make a friend or you can have uh, just a relationship that you can go back to every now and then. You can have a hookup buddy as well. Like, let's call it what it is. You can have some fun, make some memories, get some crazy stories out of it. So I would definitely get into the online dating world. Yes, it is annoying. Yes, I prefer that we lived in a world where that wasn't the norm and that wasn't the default, but that's just the way it is say yes. Always say yes. If someone asks you to do something, say yes. And I know all the time, like I get invited to do something next week. Okay. Next week. Perfect example. I signed up for a choir. I don't want to go. I really don't want to go. I hope the instructor cancels it. Uh, I hope like a bomb drops on the building. I don't actually hope that, but I hope for some reason that it doesn't go through so that I don't have to go and get out of my comfort zone. And I, that happens to me before I do anything new or for the first time, I have that feeling. We all do. But you have to do it. You have to push past that feeling. You can't flake out. Say yes to any opportunity that you can. You never know where it's going to lead you. You never know 
who you can meet. You never know what memory you can make. You never know, especially I don't know where you live, but like if you live in a city and you say yes to one thing, you might start in one part of the city and end up in a completely different part of the city. And that is how you can make some memories. Do you want to pick up a side hustle? I'm a huge proponent of the side hustle, not just as a way to make money, but as a way to maybe develop your passion or to give yourself an outlet for making money on the side that isn't actually your career so that if it fails, you're not actually broke or struggling because you have that job. If you can have a a side hustle that is your passion, do that and just continue to work the marketing PR thing. You can do both and maybe you you can manipulate your hours on the side hustle thing. Huge advocate. I could go on, Alex, but hopefully in the book, you can find out how to operate in your 20s. There's all sorts of things that I get into from networking to social media, to dating, to love, to exercise, to health, all sorts of things. Surrender, a guide to living your best life in your 20s is perfect for you. Thanks for the question. If anyone else has a question, submit it to me. You can also go in the comments below if you like. And that wraps up the Found Generation Season 4, Episode 4. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow the show on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. And also, this is a new feature. Very excited about this. You can listen to the podcast on TikTok. So if you follow me on TikTok... You can, which is just at Troy underscore Farkas, like my Instagram, I believe. You can click on one of my videos, and then on the lower left of it, it says, listen to this episode. Really cool. I'm really glad that that is happening. So I hope you can do that. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I do hope you come back on Thursday for the first guest episode of the podcast. Really excited to have that out into the world for you guys. Until then, have a great rest of the week. Find some hobbies. Talk to someone if you need to. Don't suffer in silence. I will talk to you all very soon. I love you guys. Thank you as always for the support.